today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. So, I want to talk with you today about both how and why we're to live our Christian lives in such a way that's pleasing to God and, very important, attractive to man, both. Doubtless you've heard the saying, your walk needs to match your talk. Christians are here to draw other people into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. It's a tall order, but something Jesus calls us to. Go make disciples of all nations, and they will know you are Christians by your love. Such verses, as well as Pastor J.D., remind us today that people need to see Jesus through you. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Titus chapter 2 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Today we find ourselves in Titus, and last week we finished chapter 1. We'll begin in chapter 2, and our text will be verses 1 through 10. Beginning in verse 1, the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is writing to Titus and says, You, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. Likewise, verse 3, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, and not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then, verse 4, they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands, so that no one will malign the word of God. Similarly, verse 6, encourage the young men to be self-controlled in everything. Set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. Teach slaves, verse 9, to be subject to their masters in everything, to try to please them, not to talk back to them, and not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted, so that in every way they will make the teaching about God, our Savior, attractive. So I want to talk with you today about both how and why we're to live 
our Christian lives in such a way that's pleasing to God and, very important, attractive to man, both. Doubtless you've heard the saying, your walk needs to match your talk, or actions speak louder than words. Or the one I often hear is, practice what you preach. Do you know why we have sayings like this? It's because in every arena of life, it's not so much what's taught as much as it is what's caught. Enter today's text where the Apostle Paul, in writing to Titus, explains how it is and why it is that he's to teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. Notice he doesn't say, teach sound doctrine. That's a given. No, he he doesn't say it like that. He says, teach what is appropriate, applicable, conducive to sound doctrine. In other words, let your life be such a a matter that the way you live your life is consistent with your doctrine. In other words, Titus, when you teach, teach in a way that matches the way you live, appropriate to sound doctrine, apropos if you prefer. Now, it should be noted that Paul is very detailed in his explanation as it relates to the older men and the older women, and then the younger men, and then the younger women. And I'm going to let you decide which category you. (laughs) Very touchy topic when you start talking about older. Who are you calling old? Well, that's just, hey, there's no, uh, you know, age limit here. But then he even addresses what we better understood are the employees in their relationship with their employers. What follows is Paul's detailed explanation, specifically as it relates to everyone's role and responsibility, whether young or old. Now, before we jump into this, I just want to say it again. I know we talked about this last week, but Uh, Before us today we have yet another one of those passages in God's Word where we're prone to just kind of read it and then just move on. I mean, let's, let's be honest with ourselves when it comes to passages like this. I mean, certainly the list that, that Paul writes to Titus resembles the list prior concerning the qualifications of elders, which also in turn resembles the list that Paul writes to Timothy, which is why we affectionately refer to Timothy and Titus as the pastoral epistles. Well, if they're pastoral epistles, then we don't need to be here, pastor. This is for you. Nice try. Not so fast. Because here in this chapter, this is talking about everyone, young or old, 
man or, or a woman. So let's jump into this. Are you ready? All right. In verses 1 and 2, Paul starts with the older men. <laughs> and he tells Titus how he's to teach, again, that which is appropriate to sound doctrine, so as to be a good and godly example. And specifically, and here's the list, he says, teach them to be temperate, worthy of respect. In other words, you have to earn it. Respect has to be earned. Self-controlled, and sound in faith, love, and endurance. Oh, okay. No problem. No, there's a problem. <laughs> That's kind of a tall order a little bit, isn't it? Can we start with the first one? Temperate? You'll forgive me for the way that I illustrate this, but I believe it's something along the lines of older men act your age. What do you mean? Well, you know how as we get older, men, <laughs> we, um, well, the world calls it a midlife crisis, where you realize, hey, uh, I got more years looking in the rearview mirror than I do looking through <laughs> the windshield moving forward. And oh, by the way, when I look in that rearview mirror, not quite as much hair on the top of my old balding head either. In other words, I'm getting older, I'm not as cool as I once was. And so what does the older guy do? I'm not talking about any of us, of course. I'm talking about other older men, you know. So this is just all theoretical, right? So what does the older guy do? Oh, he tries to look younger and look cool. Here's the question that I think needs to be asked and answered. You've got younger men looking up to you, and you're trying to be like them? Does it ever dawn on you that they want to look to a role model to be like you? And here you are act. And by the way, Here's the deal. Try as we may, we will never be cool. And when we're older, you just you can you can try and stuff yourself into those skinny jeans and go buy a new car and do whatever you gotta do. You're still old, man. Just deal with it. Or as my wife likes to tell me, build a bridge and get over it. And I think that dovetails into the second one, worthy of respect. Self-control. There's a, there's a depth of character in your life as an older man. You're sound, you're solid in your faith, in love. I want to talk about love just in a moment. And endurance. The common denominator with all of these is that they speak to this need on the part of older men to be an example 
to those that are watching their lives. We'll talk more about this at the end. Let's just take just a moment on this one word love. And again, we, we can just read past it, read over it. You know, faith, love, and endurance. Okay, next verse. Wait, love. Find it interesting. You know, the older you get, again, we're speaking to the men, the older men, women, you're next, so. <laughs> but, you know, we, we have this, uh, as we get older, this tendency to get mean, right? We're not more loving the older we get. We kind of become cantankerous and short-fused and impatient and make no mistake about it, people are watching you. And, and whether we like it or not, those of us that have been walking with the Lord for a long period of time are being watched by those younger than us who want to look up to us. They really want, and especially in this day in which we live, there's almost like this hunger, this thirst, this vacuum, looking for role models. Godly men that can be godly examples. Oh, that's what that looks like. That's what that looks like. I've been watching this guy, and I see how he treats his wife, his children and his family, and oh, so that's what that looks like. That's how a husband is to love his wife. That's how a man of God is to treat their children. Oh, that's why their children respect him. Okay, I'm very convicted right now, so we're going to go to the women, okay? <laughs> In verse 3, Paul moves from the older men to the older women and says that they are to be reverent in the way they live their lives. And it's interesting that he would say what they're not to do. And hang on to that for a second, because I think that's key in what he's saying they are to do. But first, you know, sometimes the best way to know what to do is to know first what not to do. So what's the what not to do? Oh, well, how about this list? Women. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to have too much fun with this, but maybe just a little bit. Slanderers. Okay. Can we talk? Yeah, <laughs> not literally. In fact, stop talking and slandering and gossiping or addicted to much wine. Now these are the older women. Again, I'm going to leave that between you and the Holy Spirit, but um, interesting. So the children are all grown up. You know, you, you parented them, you were a good mom, good wife. It's my time now. 
Where's that bottle of wine? And Oh, I'm going to call sister so-and-so, and did you hear? Kind of like what? You paid your dues, now you, you know, kind of get to kick back and take it easy, and no. I find it very interesting that Paul would say, instead of doing that, because apparently you have way too much time on your hands. You need to be busy about the things of the Lord, not busy bodies. So you need to teach what is good. Okay, how? Answer, it's sort of by default, such that older women who are reverent, are not living worldly lives by default. It, it kind of comports with the walking in the Spirit and not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. When I was a young believer, I always had a hard time with that. I didn't know what, what does it mean to walk, in, what does that look like? in the Christian life. So you're saying if I walk in the Spirit, I won't fulfill the lust of the flesh? How does that work? Because I would really like to know. (laughs) This sounds like a game changer in my Christian life. It is. So how do you walk in the Spirit? Stay busy in the Spirit. You won't have time for the flesh. You know, I, I, It seems like every week I bring up social media, so I'm going to bring it up again today. Just bear with me. When I do go on social media, I am just struck by how much time people have to post. They're not just a post. I mean, it's just a scroll. A po- you just keep scroll, or if it's on the mouse, it's, you know, you keep going, and it goes, and goes, and goes, and then the reply, oh, got a reply, oh, got a notification, got a reply, and reply. Have you ever noticed (laughs) that the longer that goes, the worse it gets? I think of the proverb that says, with many words, transgression is unavoidable. And besides, how do you have that much time? Last time I checked, Idle hands are still the devil's workshop. I'm going to take that further. I think idle hands in the life of a Christian are irresistible to the devil. As the Apostle Peter writes, I think it's 1 Peter 5-7, he says, be awake, be alert, be sober, be aware that your enemy the devil, is like this lion who is stalking you as a lion stalks its prey, seeking to devour you. So he's watching, strategically studying the, like those military strategists, you see those old war photos, and you see these guys hovering over the table, strategizing over a map. Have you ever thought of it like that's what the enemy does with the map of your life? So he's studying your life, and he, (laughs) in some ways it could be argued that he knows you better than you know yourself. And he knows your vulnerabilities, and he knows your weak spots. 
And he's very patient, by the way. So he just kind of waits and, oh, look, just kind of kick him back. Got a little bit of extra time. Get down there. Get to work. Get busy. They're idle. And that's how it happens. You know, there is a thing about being so busy about the things of God that you do not have time. You just don't possess the time. It, this, this takes time. This is a commitment, by the way, isn't it? It's a time commitment. And you're committed to do what He's saying not to do here. That takes a, a commitment of time. Okay, younger women, in verses 4 and 5, Paul goes on to say, now we're still with the older women, young women, <laughs> there to be able to encourage slash teach the younger women to love their husbands and children. And then Paul even specifies the way to love them is, young women, to be self-controlled and pure. That's interesting. To be busy at home, kind, and subject to their husbands. Now, wait, young women, just hang on for a second, because the onus is on the older women to model that for you. Wow, pastor, you're really going to harp on the older women. Yeah, maybe. No, I'm not. The Apostle Paul by the Holy Spirit is. <laughs> this is God's Word. Could it be that in some ways the younger women more so need a godly example of what a godly woman is and how they live their Christian lives? I mean, think about it. You know, the husband, in a typical scenario, goes off to work, leaves, you know, her with the kids. She's with them all day, right? Which, which is why, by the way, when the dad gets home, <laughs> it's kids in hand, hi honey, here, <laughs> your turn now. Um, maybe it would be helpful to you, young woman, if you had an older woman that could help you as an example to you. You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from Titus with Pastor J.D., approach each piece of wisdom prayerfully and ask God to show you how you can apply what you learn to your own life. He can and does teach you through His Word, so keep reading, even on your own. If you're not already part of a local church that you can call home, we encourage you to find and begin regularly attending one in your area. And if you're in or near the Kaneohe area, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also find more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates, 
and the ABCs of salvation. This is a simple guide to sharing the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Titus together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know how we can be doing that for you? Just fill out the contact form that you'll find under the About tab at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Or come find us on social media. There's a link to our Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us for this in-depth, verse-by-verse study of Titus, right here on In Spirit and Truth. Holy me true.